we, we get used to pushing those feelings aside or we get frustrated with ourselves for actually taking on that emotion. And I think the first thing we need to keep in mind with emotional regulation when it comes to our children, when it comes to our teens and when it comes to you as an adult is it's this understanding of your emotion, this acceptance of it. Because in order to regulate, you have to understand what you're feeling. You have to understand why you're feeling that way in order to be able to overcome that emotion. So I think the first thing to keep in mind is to truly understand what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind, what's causing you to feel so unregulated. Why is it so hard to bring yourself to this homeostasis state, which is a calm state, a state where you can make logical decisions and act and respond in a logical way? Um, And again, everyone's so different. So you need to understand yourself in your own context in order to understand what you may need at that point to regulate. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Your Head. I'm your host, Kristal Roots, clinical psychologist and founder of Psych Central South Africa. I want to take some time to really just thank each and every person who's listened to our podcast and showed us so much love and appreciation. In this episode, I had a chat with Kerry Diamond, who's an educational psychologist about emotional regulation. Emotional regulation is not only important for kids, but it's also really so important for adults and actually just any human being. Really, I want to encourage you to take some time to listen to this and to understand how we experience emotions and how we learn to manage them and how important it is that we acquire the skill. Emotional regulation is at the core of our emotional and psychological functioning. If we are not able to regulate our emotions, it becomes something that can present itself in mental health issues, it can affect our interpersonal relationships, our school, academic and work functioning. Kerry works alongside toddlers, children, adolescents and parents mainly. She's also available for adult clients to help them through their own therapeutic journey. She's available at Psych Central in Ravonia, as well as the Family Tree Therapy Center in Modderfontein, and she can also be found on the mental health app Panda. If you want to know more about Psych Central or Carrie and the services that she offers, you can visit our website on psychcentral.co.za. You can also follow us on your preferred social media platform, where our handle is Psych Central South Africa for TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's just start with what is emotional regulation and why is it important? Because I think that it's it's a word that I've heard so much more mm-hmm. than I would have like 10 years ago. Sure. So everyone's becoming a bit more aware of emotional regulation. Yes. Tell us a bit more about it. Okay, great. So emotional regulation is basically a person's ability to manage and respond to an emotional experience. So basically it's their understanding and their awareness of their own emotions and how that may impact their behavior or their response to an experience. So emotional regulation is basically the ability to handle these emotional experiences in an appropriate way. Um, It's not about disregarding the feeling or pushing the feeling away, but rather actually understanding the feeling and therefore responding to that feeling based on your needs as a person. Mm. I think it's so important to talk about this because if I think about just people in my life, Mm. if we talk about emotional regulation, especially with kids, then it's often also, I I think maybe people are mistaking it for 
it's this idea that you need to never be angry with your child. You need to never discipline them. You need to just allow them to do whatever. And so if they want to break something, they're allowed to break it. Or if they want to throw a tantrum, then they should be allowed to do it. And that's, that's not what emotional regulation is about. No, not at all. I think what's important to keep in mind is emotional regulation, especially in our kiddies who haven't yet developed the the skills or the capability to understand their emotions, understand the context of their emotions. It's, It's really about exploring that opportunity to teach them what their feelings are, what it means and what's happening in their bodies and in their minds when, you know, they're going through these difficult experiences. Um, So it's not about letting them get away with certain behaviors. And I think sometimes parents see a child being angry or really upset or frustrated and their response isn't, isn't appropriate. So the child may punch you know their their sibling or they might throw their toy out of frustration and what happens is the parents focus on the response rather than on the feeling causing that response and that's where emotional regulation comes in it's helping children it's helping yourself as, a, as an individual understand why that behavior is occurring in the first place and how you can respond to those feelings in a more appropriate way mm. so it's not just letting the child get away with negative or dangerous behavior, but rather understanding, okay, this child is actually struggling to communicate or understand what they're feeling. And this is their way of communicating that lack of of expression, lack of understanding. And that's why we need to help them develop the skills so that they can respond in a more appropriate way. Mm. But so why is it so difficult for kids to emotionally emotionally regulate? 100%. So um, it's normal for all kids, uh, especially toddlers, you know, going through their developmental phases. It's very normal that they don't know how to self-regulate. And um, I think parents also feel like it's uh, it's on them, right? Maybe they're not parenting well enough, but that's not the case. No child, um, especially our young kiddies, know how to regulate on their own. They do not have a fully developed brain like adults do. They don't have the ability to logicalize situations and understand the full aspect of a situation like we do. So the fact that they aren't able to emotionally regulate is actually very much part of their developmental process. And that's where we come in and teachers come in and all all guardians and adults of a child's life come in and play such a pivotal role in helping them develop those skills. And that's why it is up to us. It is up to mom and dad to um, have this awareness that a child is using their emotional brain. They respond to these difficult situations or even positive situations through a feeling, not through a logical um, understanding of the experience. And that's why we see a lot of tantruming. That's where we see, um, you know, kids who throw things, punch, um, cry, throw a tantrum, because they're responding to a feeling rather than an understanding of the situation. And that's why they really depend on us to support them in building those, those skills so that they can regulate. The scary part for me, though, as you're speaking, Carrie, is... What if the adults who's teaching them this don't know how to regulate emotions mm. themselves? Mm. Because I, I wonder how many people actually think about, am I able to regulate my emotions as an adult? Or is it kind of just assumed that 
as an adult, we know how to deal with feelings. Sure. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And I've seen a lot of the times with my own clients, my own kiddies that come to see me, um, you know, when I see them struggling to regulate and I meet with the parents and obviously go through the intake process and I get to know the family, you can clearly see that there's a parent who may be struggling to regulate. So it's also very important to keep in mind that our kids really model what we do. Um, They really pick up on our ways of regulating. So if a parent struggles to regulate, that child may also struggle to regulate because they're watching what that parent does in order to regulate or not regulate themselves in those moments. So it's not something that just is. You're not just because you're an adult doesn't mean you just have these skills. A lot of adults lack the capacity to regulate and that's not on them. It could be because of childhood trauma. Um, Maybe they had parents who also struggled to regulate. Um, There might be another diagnosis causing that difficulty to regulate such as ADHD and we see that a lot in our kids and our adults who are impulsive. They might not have um, that control over those feelings. So there's lots of different factors to even why adults struggle to regulate. But the nice thing or the positive thing about it is it can be taught, you can learn, and it's not one size fits all. Everyone has different means of regulating. So what works for me might not work for you and vice versa, but it doesn't mean that it's not you're not capable of regulating. It just takes a lot of training because you're now basically reteaching your brain how to respond to very difficult situations. Mm. And I think that that's why it's so important for for people to... <clears throat> sorry, now I'm having a... <laughs> Go ahead. It's so important for people to start as young as you possibly can mm-hmm. to teach your kids these things because it's... Or to, to facilitate that process for them because you need to really cement that neuro pathway and reinforce that this is the way that you deal with these feelings 100%. or with these situations because it's tough if I have to think about like where I'm at in mm-hmm. my life now mm-hmm. learning how to to do something differently can be really hard like of it's course. a it's a whole new habit it's a whole circuit that you need to break it's a whole yeah it, it just I think that that's also why a lot of people struggle sure. um is it almost feels impossible to exactly. change when you're older. 100%. And that's why it's so important to think about this um, for our kids when they're young and to implement this in schools and in the classroom because if we can get children who learn how to regulate in an appropriate way and in a positive way, then we're going to have adults that are able to regulate and deal with new situations, deal with scary things that they're facing for the first time. Then they have something to rely on. They have this backing of skills that they've developed over the years and even if you're an adult now who you can identify you can listen to this podcast and realize wow this really feels like I'm an adult who struggles to regulate um yes it's, it's going to take effort it's going to take time and almost this cognitive awareness like I do struggle to to regulate and that's the beauty of regulation it's actually accepting the feelings rather than pushing them away so it's okay that I'm feeling angry right now I have a right to be disappointed I have a right to feel frustrated something happened today that triggered me um and then basically restructuring the way you deal with those situations the narrative you basically tell yourself in those situations. So yes, it's definitely a difficult, you know, it's difficult as an adult to relearn how to regulate yourself, but it can definitely be done with support and help. Mm. Mm. 
Carrie, but so what are things that's important if we if we think about firstly maybe well actually not just for parents with mm, kids mm. for anyone sure if we think about emotional regulation mm. what are some of the the principles or the things that people need to keep in mind not necessarily actively this is what you need to do because we'll sure. get to that later but what are things that that's important to understand around emotions and emotional regulation okay that's a really awesome question um because the first thing about emotional regulation is the ability to understand your emotions. And I know that sounds so basic or silly, like I'm an adult, I know when I'm feeling angry, I know when I'm feeling sad, but it's a little bit more than that. It's also an acceptance of that feeling. And I think as we get older and as we, you know, become an adult, we, it's, we, we get used to pushing those feelings aside or we get frustrated with ourselves for actually taking on that emotion. And I think the first thing we need to keep in mind with emotional regulation when it comes to our children, when it comes to our teens, and when it comes to you as an adult, is it's this understanding of your emotion, this acceptance of it. Because in order to regulate, you have to understand what you're feeling. You have to understand why you're feeling that way in order to be able to overcome that emotion. So I think the first thing to keep in mind is to truly understand what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind, what's causing you to feel so unregulated. Why is it so hard to bring yourself to this homeostasis state, which is a calm state, a state where you can make logical decisions and act and respond in a logical way? Um, and again, everyone's so different. So you need to understand yourself in your own context in order to understand what you may need at that point to regulate. As you're speaking, though, Kerry, I'm just thinking that there's there's so many things that, that comes with that, though. And mm. so I think it's also so important to really think about what messages we received around emotions when we grew up as kids. Also, what, what messages as a parent you are giving your kids about emotions, because I think that like if I if I reference back to maybe a lot of of what I want to say in the older generation what sure. people would grow up with with sure. emotions is it's almost like three primary colors. Mm. There's three primary emotions. Yes. You're either happy, sad or angry. Mm. And that's all that exists. Sure. And and so if that's all that you understand exists and happy and sad is not acceptable, mm -hmm. then I'm going to try and always oh, happy and sad angry and sad mm, is not acceptable mm. then you're always going to try and be happy and sure. and anything around that's out of that will be suppressed. little bubble mm. will be suppressed 100 percent. um so i think it's also so so important that people understand there's this whole like catalog yes. of emotions that we can experience and different intensities or different ways that we can have the same emotion. 100%. And you couldn't have said that any better. Emotions aren't black and white. And they may look different for different people. And we can experience more than one conflicting emotion at the same time. And that can be really confusing for people. Um, and what happens and what I've seen from experience is that parents, and I'm talking now specifically around children, parents focus so much on the response to the feeling and kind of disregard the actual feeling causing that behavior. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, oh, they come to me, oh, Carrie, my child's been throwing their toys. As soon as something doesn't go their way, they're throwing their toys, they're smacking their sister or their brother. Um, it's so naughty. 
They're being so naughty and disrespectful and rude and they're not listening to me. And it's almost like this fear around their emotions because of the response they have to the emotions. And what I want my parents to know is if we actually target the feeling causing the behavior, then we can adjust the response to that feeling. And it's very different a response to a child saying, you know, stop throwing the toys, that's not allowed in this house, you're being very naughty, go to your room, um, or responding something like, sure, you seem so angry. You are so angry that you're throwing around your favorite toys. You're so angry that you're taking it on your, out on your brother and you're hitting them. Um, and I'm not saying you're allowing them to get away with that yeah. behavior. You still set the boundaries. You know, you still say things like, we are not allowed to hit. I'm removing this toy because you're causing danger to your brother or to yourself. Um, but what what's happening in that moment is you actually helping that child understand what they're feeling in that moment because they aren't able to do that. So by you saying things like, sure, you are so angry right now, you're so disappointed that mommy said no to you or that you couldn't get what you wanted is the first way of helping them understand what they're feeling and what's happening in their body. And then you can help them with alternative ways of dealing with those feelings. So you're not disregarding the emotion you're not pushing away the feeling you're actually showing them that it's a safe place to feel angry kids should be allowed to and so are adults should be allowed to cry get frustrated be disappointed all the feelings we should be allowed to feel all those things what shouldn't be allowed is obviously the inappropriate response to it and that's where the skill building comes in so that they can have a more appropriate response to those feelings. But I also think that there's so much judgment that mm. goes with that. So I think because we focus so much on the behavior in general, then you become that label of, well, you're the naughty child, mm. you're the one who throws a tantrum. The message that you also get is like, how dare you sure. do this? You're such an ugly person for, I don't know, for grabbing this toy. Yes. Like that's so, yeah, just inappropriate where sure. it's actually something that, that most kids would do mm -hmm. or that, that like I, th I think we often don't, listen to what we say to children sure. and how we make them feel about themselves for doing something that's just a very instinctual automatic Respond. emotional response exactly 100 percent. and then unfortunately those children who are told that narrative um like you're always angry or you 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 mustn't you mustn't feel these things basically tries uh, to shut down those emotions, they become adults who can't self-regulate because their whole lives they've learned to suppress those feelings, that those feelings are dangerous or bad or negative. And um, the moment they start feeling that as an adult, they completely shut it down or run away from those feelings because they were told all their life that that's not appropriate. And that's not the case. And that's why we really want to show our kids from such a young age that these feelings are really a part of the process as part of growing up and developing um, and what can you do as a parent or as a guardian or as a teacher help them to be able to build those skills to respond in a more appropriate way and then they will become adults that are able to rely on their regulation skills and understand why they're feeling that way understand why it's a trigger for them um, so so much can come from from starting at such a young age mm -hmm. I also think that when, when you were speaking about just accepting the mm -hmm. emotions and, and really being able to 
understand what it is that you feel, my thoughts went to, it's so complex because sometimes we also are so unaware of what we're really feeling and we're so defensive. And so you might actually think that you're feeling anger, but actually Mm. you're feeling hurt. 100%. And that's where regulation comes in. Regulation can look like a lot of different things. It might be calming yourself down because someone cut you off in traffic and now you're really, really upset and frustrated at that person. And then it's taking a few deep breaths to kind of bring yourself down from that frustration. But regulation can also be um, learning, learning what my body feels like. And that's why a lot of the times I tell my parents, you know, it's so helpful to have charts, emotional charts like at home, where the child can actually go and point to the feelings that they may be experiencing or to draw a picture of what's happening in their body. So it's understanding what happens when you feel frustrated. Does your body feel like it's heating up and tensing? Um, When you're nervous, your heart starts racing. So understanding, you know, these things that are happening in your body and not to allow them to scare you to move away from the feeling because that's what happens especially in our adults right we start feeling this like nervousness our heart starts racing and you kind of just want to push away and run away from the feeling um but rather use that as a warning sign or as a signal like something's happening in my body right now am I not able to identify the exact emotion I'm feeling I might need to process what's happening in my body. And that's also a form of regulation because you're allowing yourself the opportunity to understand what's happening, why it's happening, what may be causing it. But our minds and bodies are so interlinked. And I think that we also miss that a lot of Mm. the times is we don't have to necessarily think about it because also when you are so overwhelmed, you are already in your emotional mind. And so you're not able to reason with yourself and go, reasonably what is this feeling and what are you experiencing and why are you feeling this way sometimes we we almost first need to regulate yes and then we can get there but in order to do that our bodies can be such a big tool for us to use to really understand and get those cues of what you might be experiencing 100 percent. i love that point and i think it's really important because the number one thing i always tell my clients is before you can deal with any adversity that you are facing you need to calm the body down first so that's where these techniques come in where you actually give yourself the chance to come down from that heart and emotion it can even be excitement it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative emotion but giving yourself the opportunity to come down from this emotional um, state, from the emotional brain where you're making decisions not in a logical way, not based on reason, but based on emotion. Um, You give yourself that opportunity to regulate before you continue to deal with whatever's causing that anxiety, that frustration. Um, And that's what's so important because if we can move from the emotional brain to the logical brain, things become so much easier, so much easier. And I, I remember the other day it was actually quite, Um, funny but I had a child who was telling me that she couldn't find a piece of homework in her school bag and she knew she had to complete the schoolwork um, and she could not for the life of her find it in her school bag and the more she kept looking and the more she got frustrated the less she can find this thing. We've all been there. We've all been there and she got she worked herself up and she was really you know paranoid because she felt that she wouldn't be able to hand in or complete this homework and 
she actually convinced herself to take a step back and actually calm herself down because she could feel the panic, the state of panic she was putting her body through. And the moment she stood back and she actually allowed herself to calm down and then return back to her backpack to look for the homework, she found it straight away. So um, that's just like a little cute example, silly example of how different our brain functions from an emotional state to a logical one. Because when we're in that emotional state, we can't logicalize. We can't um, look at the bigger picture. We can't, um, our body is also in this like state of fight or flight. So our body wants to do one thing and our brain wants to do another. So that's the detachment that starts happening. And that's why when we regulate ourselves, we can reattach almost your brain to your body so that it can work and function as it's, as it's supposed to. Carrie, mm, mm. okay, but so... Let's maybe chat a bit about um, some practical things. What are practical things? And I, I kind of feel like we need to, well, we can chat about mm. the different stages and ages and, sure. and everything. But I, I think it's kind of a package deal for the parents. Mm. Like the adult is going to have to teach themselves these things, whether it's for sure. themselves or for the kids. Like you're going to have to really learn a lot about emotions 100% what are th- what are some practical things that parents can consider and do yes definitely and just to keep in mind that you know regulation can can be can is not a one size fit all i mean a child and a, an adult may regulate in the same way it's more what works for you and what resonates for you so um what I like telling my, my parents is in a, in a time when a child needs to regulate, the first thing you want to do is okay the feeling. Allow them to know that what they're feeling, that heightened state of emotion, it's okay. They're allowed to feel that way. And just that in itself is very comforting for the child mm-hmm. to know that their feelings, although they may come across as negative or difficult are accepted it's not only their good feelings that are accepted it's also the negative ones that are and that just gives them the confidence um, and the ability to show their feelings more you know authentically Mm. Um, so the first thing I think to do is always okay the feeling it's sure you look so angry I don't blame you for feeling angry your sister just took your toy straight out of your hands you know really allow them to know that it's okay they're feeling that way The next thing we want to do is then calm the body down because, as I said previously, no sorting out of the issues, no logicalizing, no um, planning, problem solving can be done in that state where your body is irregulated and is not in that homeostasis state of mind. So the next thing we really want to do is help calm the body down. And this is where parents, adults, they can all model these things. And I always tell my parents, if you start implementing these strategies, you'll see how wild it is that your your kids actually start doing it just by following and copying you. They they go, sure, daddy's, you know, taking five deep breaths. That seems like a good idea. And I'm feeling the same way as dad does right now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we want to start off with calming the body down. But the most important thing to remember is implementing these strategies in the heart and state is not going to work either, right? So we need to expose our kids to regulation skills when they are already in a calm state of mind. So I tell my parents, you know, for five minutes every day when you see your child's like in a relatively good mood, a positive headspace, practice these these coping skills, these regulation skills, so that when the big heart and feeling does come, They've already know, they already know exactly what you're talking about when you prompt them to regulate themselves. So 
regulation can be as simple as intentional breathing. So taking deep breaths through the nose, exhale out the mouth. Um, and, and it's so funny because we breathe all the time every day to survive, yeah. but intentional breathing is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really giving your body this cue that you are safe, you are okay, you are alive, you are bringing oxygen into the body. Um, another thing to regulate can be telling your children to go and drink a cold a glass of water that almost shocks the, the frontal lobe of the brain into, um, you know, resetting, calming the body down. Also, So not throw them with a glass of water, no. drink a glass <laughs> there of we water. Go. some some water um, which is so easy kids have access to water at school so it's a nice thing they can do in the classroom and the teacher feels they need to regulate to prompt them to go and drink some water again also letting your body know something's coming in you're obviously not in in a dangerous situation you you can cope you can you can calm down Um, we've got other really nice um, strategies like calm down corners so that's very different to a time out which I personally don't believe in I feel like a calm down corner makes more sense that sounds so nice and lovely yeah because the difference is with with a time out it's saying well we don't appreciate your behavior we're not okaying your feeling you need to go think about what you've done and and you are isolated in that time out corner where a calm down corner can be used in a very similar way, except in that space, they're learning that this, me having my alone time, me being in this, my comfort zone of this little corner um, is giving me the opportunity to to come down from this heightened state. So um, we can have calm down corners in the classroom, at home, I've got one in my therapy room. And um, we know a lot of people deal with things differently. So they might feel like they do need alone time. They don't want to be hugged and they don't want to be consoled. So you know, giving them that time out, but in a safe and appropriate way. Um, we might have kids or adults who are quite physiological, so they feel like this buildup is happening in their body and they need to release that, that those emotions. So people like to go and gym and train, run it out. That's why, you know, you always feel so much better after like a long run or a workout because you've actually had an opportunity to release all those tense feelings. With kids, they might want to go and punch a pillow really hard or squeeze a teddy bear really hard, getting that tension out. So anything that's really going to help take you out of um, your emotional mind, put you back in your body so that you can go back to that logical Mm -hmm. state. Something just clicked for me, Mm -hmm. though, Kerry, probably for the first time. um, As you were saying now, like almost making it, giving them resources mm-hmm. and, and making them, I, I don't know if you said that, but that's what I kind of, sure. the message that I got is also helping to make them comfortable. And I think that if I think about parents, often things are so categorized into it's either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So this is good behavior and this is bad behavior. And sure. a lot of parents will say, but we don't want to condone bad behavior. And so if my child is being angry and now I'm giving them love and attention, then I'm basically rewarding them because now they're getting something. And so I'm, I'm rather going to punish them and they're going to sit in the corner. They're going to be isolated. Something's going to be taken away from them. And we expect that that's going to be giving them the message that sure. this behavior is not good. And so you need to never repeat this again. Sure. But that's it's, so, yeah, so wrong yeah. and it's so unhealthy because... Sure. It's so helpful if you can actually support them. Mm. 
100% with these difficult while still feelings. putting in a boundary, right? And mm. that's what I think sometimes our parents feel like, okay, gentle parenting is a lack of discipline, a lack of oh, responding yes. um, to the negative or bad behavior. But what it is, is actually allowing your, your children to have a space to learn about mm. these feelings, mm. to learn the appropriate ways of responding. A child that throws a tantrum or smacks or hits or throws things, they're not doing it because, oh, I just feel like being a terrible, horrible child. I think they, what's happening there is that they actually don't know how else to respond to a situation. And that's why it comes out so aggressive or negative. So we are not shying away from the inappropriate behavior. We have to set the boundary. Because if we don't set the boundary, then we can't reteach an, an appropriate response. So we're still setting a boundary, but we are not deflecting from the emotions causing that negative response. And, and I think that's what happens there. It becomes this detachment and it's not about the feeling anymore. It's about the way they responded to that feeling. So what happens is they get punished or they've been told that they were naughty and they did this terrible thing. You were ugly. I've you were heard ugly. people say so many times, you're ugly. Even though this child's world in that moment was turned upside down for whatever reason and all you focusing on is the way they responded to that feeling and you're not actually getting to the root of why did they respond like that in the first place what triggered them so much um, to respond in such a violent or scary or negative but in a negative way so the moment we just target the response there's no going there's no change that's going to come from that there's no growth or or skill development that's going to come from that but if we target the feeling and we help our child understand why this is happening why they're responding in this way and how can they have a more appropriate response that's when we're going to see changes happening and growth in their in their emotional development and regulation Kerry mm. um so I'm just sitting and thinking, actually, let me just share that thought. I, mm. I was thinking like, is this all just a fantasy that we, we can get regulated um, <laughs> kids and adults? And that like it, it, it almost feels to me a bit, I want to say far-fetched, not because I don't mm. believe that it's, sure. it's able to happen. It's more just a, there's so many things that makes it so hard for us. We get so many mm. messages about emotions. And sure. I think... Just the whole world and society as a whole, we're just so conditioned to avoid emotions mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And and what this just brings me back to is what you said earlier. It's about accepting the emotion, not trying to get away from it. Almost maybe inviting the emotion sure. as this is telling us something. Let's understand this. Let's explore this. And I think that that's such a big challenge for people to do so 100 I, I guess we can only try mm. and keep and, on trying yeah exactly and I think you know um we as you said we learn as a society to run away from our feelings or to suppress them or to ignore them we even get upset with ourselves we even get uh, we we feel frustrated and then we get even more frustrated for feeling frustrated about the situation or having that response but what we, what we forget is that we all have our own triggers and traumas and experiences of life. So what, make, what, make, what might um, trigger you into a state of frustration or overwhelmingness might be very different for me. So I might look like I'm coping with the same situation that you are, are dealing with in a way more a positive way. Um, 
but because of your experiences, you know, you didn't, that, that emotion is a very daunting thing to feel. Um, so yes, I think it's, it's about really giving yourself the opportunity to be a human and to allow yourself to have these emotions. And what I always tell my clients is, you know, they come to me, Carrie, I'm feeling so anxious. I feel like I'm depressed. I feel like I'm, um, you know, struggling with all these situations. And I tell them my, my biggest thing is in order to cope or learn how to cope with these anxieties or these depre- these depression feelings is to move through them, mm. not to avoid them. So the moment we avoid them, they're just going to build. They're going to be re-triggered at some point. They're not going to go away. Mm. Um, so the only way to really move through it is, uh, well, to overcome it is to move through it. And then by moving through it, you learn, okay, well, when I'm feeling anxious, this is what I need compared to when I'm feeling frustrated because your way of regulating for different emotions might also look different. So again, just depending on you as a person and your triggers and your experiences. But yes, it does seem like almost like this impossible task. And I really think self-regulation is a life journey. I don't think you ever Mm. get to a point where you're like, okay, now I'm fully equipped to be self-regulated because that means then what? You never feel Mm. any negative feelings. No, Mm. it's Again, self-regulation is not about avoiding or not feeling those negative feelings. It's the ability to handle those feelings in a safe and appropriate way. Mm. Mm. One day you might feel really sad and crying it out is like your way to get your body to a point where you can now deal with what's causing the sadness. Mm. So again, it's not about never having those feelings, but rather about allowing yourself to understand why you feel that way and how you can move through those feelings. Kerry, so if if parents are listening, what are things that they can look out for with their kids to know that they, they need some help with emotional regulation? We've mentioned now, you've given some examples, mm-hmm. but obviously it's also not just tantrums. Sure. What are things that parents can observe that can give them some information that actually my child struggles to regulate their feelings sure so um i mean i think 99.9 percent of kids struggle so um it's not really but that sorry that's yeah. actually the thing and and that shows you how conditioned we are yeah. um i'm just interrupting you now no, but please go as ahead. i as i asked that i i thought like actually you shouldn't wait to see that they struggle with it there we go there we go so the whole thing is your child is going to struggle to regulate because you did when you were at that age. Everyone does. So everyone, no one is born with emotional regulation skills. You may be learning how to regulate at 40. You might be reg- learning for the first time and hopefully, you know, you have the opportunity to learn at four. So again, it's everyone struggles to emotionally regulate and through experience, that's where you develop that understanding of, well, this ch- my child needs this when, when they need to regulate versus this child who needs something completely different. So I agree with what you just said. I wouldn't wait um, for my child to present in ways of them struggling to deal with situations or to deal with their emotions. I would start as soon as they can, you can start having conversations and obviously you're going to make it age appropriate. So for a two-year-old, you know, you're going to be pointing at different faces and starting to identify emotions and having, building this awareness that we can feel different things. Um, And then maybe as toddlers, you can talk about what's happening in the body, you know, this awareness of when you feel angry, it feels like your body's shutting down and and not to be scared of those feelings that it's okay that your body might want to shut down or or um 
you know, uh, or be overstimulated. You feel like you just can't manage those feelings. You don't know what to do with your body. So I think it's just a constant lesson that you you are having with your kids mm-hmm. in the classroom, at home, but also through experience. So, you know, as a parent, if you are feeling very overwhelmed, which I'm sure most parents feel at some time, or frustrated or upset about something, you know, you as a parent going through your own journey and your own life experiences, to be quite open about it with your children. Like, mommy is really having a hard day and mommy might need some alone time to be able to give you what you're asking for. You really want to play with mommy, but mommy's had such a hard day and mommy needs that time to almost regulate in order to be able to be the best or present parent you can Mm. be for that child Mm. that needs you in that moment. And that's why I always tell my parents, you know, you feel free to say to your kids like, I need five minutes to breathe. I need alone time. Mommy's going to, or daddy's going to go have some water to calm the body down. Can you give mommy five minutes? Um, she's going, I'm going to do my breathing. Let's breathe together because now you are totally um, demonstrating mm. way, appropriate mm. ways of regulating yourself for your kids. So that when you start teaching your kids these skills, you know, they've been seeing mom and dad do it and mom and dad aren't scared to regulate. And I think we, we we almost forget that we ourselves are our own person in that moment because you're dealing with a child that's like tugging on your leg and and you're now trying to speak to someone on the phone and you're getting really overwhelmed and the first response you want to do is like shut the child down and say like I'm busy can't you see I'm busy like stop pulling on my leg rather than saying okay I know what I'm feeling inside I'm feeling very frustrated I'm feeling overwhelmed so stop mommy needs time yeah I need a moment you need to respect my boundary right now and that's really setting such a positive example for Mm. the child because when it comes to them their needs at that moment they know they're allowed to ask for that Mm. Mm. I think it's 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 so beautiful what you're saying Carrie that that it's about you communicating what you need and I think parents get so absorbed in it's about the child the whole time mm. and and it's evaluating their behavior like uh, what are, how are they responding is this appropriate is this not instead of also looking at what am I feeling what am I experiencing how am I responding and what am I doing with all of 100%. this and and I think that that's that's really so helpful to well for me this has really made like the thing that that really just hit me <laughs> like uh, I don't know a ton of bricks yeah. now was the whole don't wait for something to become a problem before you realize because this is something that everyone needs we all have feelings um, we all have <laughs> exactly. feelings so I think that also comes from my mom will always say mm. and this to me only recently like started triggering me to think sure. about things my mom would always say I never threw any tantrums as a child. And I was just this, like, literally, I've never thrown a tantrum. I've never had a hiding. I was just never a bad child. And that was obviously praised so much. And now I'm going and I'm like, listen, did you never think that there's a problem with the fact that your child never threw a tantrum? Because that is so appropriate. Yes, it would have been very okay. So I think that, that, that we... We also need to really look at how people overregulate their feelings, 100%. especially how kids learn when the good behavior 
in inverted commas are praised and reinforced and like they get love and acceptance that then they would move some children move away from that completely and that's why it's so important to okay that feeling even if it's a scary negative big feeling because what may happen and in your case and I don't want to speak for you but what may happen is you may internalize that as it's inappropriate for you to feel yeah. anything but positive emotions yeah. and the moment you do feel negative emotions you, you're not going to be accepted because you don't know if people can cope with you feeling that way mm. um, and that's why it's so important to yes we can praise our kids when they respond I would rather praise the way they respond to the situation. Yes. So, sure, I'm so proud of you for not throwing your toys. Instead, you threw a punch at your pillow and you responded in such a better, a more appropriate way. That is more, um, I think that is... It's more helpful. Yes, to exactly. Mm. It's way more helpful to, to praise the response um, than to... F- the. F- praise the fact that they're not even feeling angry or frustrated because again we are all humans imagine as an adult I mean it would be lovely to never get angry or upset but like it's impossible so it's impossible to never be triggered and to never feel a certain uh, you know a certain negative feeling and and while we say even calling it a negative feeling you know in in my mind I'm thinking now like that's put such an, a horrible connotation on that feeling. It's not a bad thing to feel that way. If anything, it's actually so necessary because without those feelings, we can't make decisions that are going to respect our own boundaries, that are going to keep us safe. Those feelings help us understand our needs as a person. And you don't understand your needs if you're always happy and everything's la di da. You know, you you only understand yourself and your needs through the adversity, through those negative hard feelings. Mm. So again, as a parent, you can keep in mind. Don't praise the child because they didn't get upset about the situation. Praise the child because they got upset and they responded in a, a, a more positive yes. way. Yes. And I think it, it's just what we do in general is mm. we classify everything in right or wrong or good or bad. But it's more about realizing this is a tough feeling or this is a difficult feeling. This is something that's harder to sit with. Sure. Because it's, as you say, it's not negative feelings but but we get this message that Mm. we should avoid it so much and stay away from it I'm just thinking though how as a parent um do you correctly interpret your child's emotion like how do you how do you learn to do that sure and I think it's it's almost like it puts a lot of pressure on the parent it's it's not your job to have to decide or find out what that feeling is, right? You there as a vessel to support your child in understanding what's Mm. happening. So you as a mom or dad, as a teacher, anyone who's working with with kids, it's not your job to go, wow, Sally's really feeling so angry. Now I need to, it's up to me to deal with that. You can be there to help her understand what she's feeling because it might present itself as Mm. anger. But actually what's going on is sadness. Mm. Um, and anger is kind of like the the fallback feeling and the response to the, the sadness that maybe is too hard to feel. So it's easier to feel angry than it is to feel sad. So it's not necessarily your role, your role or your job to know what feeling straight away that child's feeling. You can 
slowly identify, you know, by saying, you know, what are you feeling in your body? Um, when last did you feel this way? Um, you can scale the feeling. Is it a 10 out of 10? Is it a 3 out of 10? There's so many things you can do as a build up to understand what's going on in their mind and in their body. So again, it's not this pressure of, oh, I need to know exactly what my child's feeling because you might not know straight away. Yeah. Or you might think it's one thing and it's actually another. And I'm, I'm thinking some parents who are not necessarily... I want to say aware of their own emotional state, you might be projecting so much onto your child. Exactly. Like, no, you're not feeling this. Mm. You're actually feeling mm. one, two, and three. And this is actually what you are busy thinking when maybe that's not the case. Sure. And that's all. why we want to refrain from telling a child what they're feeling. So, mm. for example, what I would do as a therapist um, in, a, in a play therapy session is if I notice a feeling's coming up. So I can see there's this um, buildup of frustration happening. They're playing with this toy and it keeps falling over and they're not able to build it the way they were hoping. And you can just see the frustration building. So that's what I'm assuming is happening in the body. Um, I might say something like, sure, I can really see you getting quite frustrated um, that you can't build this puzzle, you can't build this castle that you're trying to build. And your child will correct you. They will say straight away, like, no, I'm not frustrated. I'm actually disappointed in myself. Like, I'm silly. I'm so, I must be so stupid. And you can actually see there's a difference there. So my assumption was, oh, this frustration of it not going the way they would like. But in, t in fact, what was happening is they were actually upset with themselves thinking they were failing at mm. something. So you can, you can, it's, 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 you don't have to hit the nail on the head straight away. You can mm. ask, but never assume. Rather say, sure, it seems like you might yeah. be angry. Yeah. Don't say you are so angry right now yeah. because they'll correct you. They will tell you, no, that's not the case. That's not what I'm feeling. Mm. Um, and that's why from such a young age, we want to have all these, feelings around them whether it's on postcards pictures charts where they are able to identify they can point to these feelings and they're going to start understanding what's happening in their body they can put two and two together and I think it's also so important that you as you mentioned earlier communicate your feelings mm. with your child and there's a very fine line because I think a lot of parents then overstep that and, and maybe Overshare. it becomes a like I, I share all of the problems with them and then obviously that's not appropriate. But let's say for this, what I'm trying to say for this sure. purpose is just appropriately sharing your feelings. Um, I think that's so helpful for, because just as we are not able to always read the child's feelings, they are not always able yes. to read our feelings. And yes. so they see you, they see your behavior and their assumption is you're angry because I didn't do my homework. But if the parents actually communicate a bit around that, sure. they would know this has nothing to do with do me that. not doing my homework. Mom is feeling this way because she had a bad dad. Such work. an important point you just made. And just with regards to the oversharing or, or not wanting to, you know, put your you share things with your kids that might not be age appropriate or it's none of their business at that point. Um just to keep in mind, it's not about what's causing the feeling. So you don't have to, you know, go into like mommy's feeling angry because this is what happened today. You this know, my colleague, this, yeah. Yeah, this colleague, <laughs> you know, like misinformed, gave misinformation about me. And now I'm looking like the, you don't have to go and explain why you're feeling that mm. way. You know, you, it can be as simple as mommy's really just had a hard day. And that's that can be the reasoning behind that frustration or that sadness or whatever that feeling may be. So 
But yes, the communication of that feeling. It's not just allowing the child to understand, okay, mommy's having a bad day, so maybe I need to like tread lightly and just be a little bit more behaved or or support her because, you know, we have kids who then feel like, okay, let me give you a hug. Let me help you regulate. Um, but it also helps them acknowledge the fact that it's okay yeah. to feel that. So saying a statement like mommy's really needs, you know, five minutes to herself. She's had a really hard day. She's I'm feeling very overwhelmed or very frustrated is giving this message to your child that it's appropriate, mm. you're allowed to, everyone has these feelings, it's okay to feel like that, and it's okay to ask for what you need mm. to help you regulate at that point. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Um, Carrie. I, I want to just mm. also, before we start ending off, touch a bit on, but I feel like this may, might be a whole nother kind of worm. Sure. But I want to touch just a bit on teenagers mm. as well, because I think that parents really struggle so much with teenagers and how they, how they respond and what they sure. do. And like, uh, there's so many teenagers who I've heard like parents remove doors from their rooms mm-hmm. because they're slamming the door. And that's sure. all also emotional regulation. Of course. Um, and teens are hard because there's a lot happening in a body of a teenager. Mm. Um, so the first thing, you know, I always tell my parents of teens is there are a lot of hormones going through that little body. Um, so it's almost like they're learning how to regulate again. Yes. Because even though they might have been kids who regulated beautifully and was able to calm down or ask for what they needed they might go through a really, really hard phase in their teen years where they actually have to relearn how to regulate because one, all the hormones cause a lot of emotional instability in the body. Um, and then again, we we think just because they're teens and they're older that they have this developed brain, but they don't. They still haven't fully developed their, their, their way of thinking, their logical brain, their problem-solving techniques, um, solutions, uh, being able to understand the narrative of the situation that they're facing. So yes, we see a lot of imbalance when it comes to teens dealing with their feelings. And again, I think what we need to keep in mind is if we give them this space of it's okay that you're feeling this way, um, you have a right to feel what you're feeling and they feel very big, you know, as teenagers, everything feels bigger than what it really is. Um, so again, just to give them that space that, you know, it's a, you're allowed to feel this way, but what's not okay is to slam the door in the house. We, we, we can't have that. We have other kids who are studying, who get distracted when you slam a door, still setting that boundary, but giving them the opportunity to know that you are accepting the feeling that they're having and that there's other things they can do to help themselves in that moment. And that's why, you know, teens isolate and they like to go and put headphones on and listen to music or watch series because those things actually help regulate them mm-hmm. in those moments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to to point that out to them, like, okay, you are so angry right now. I'm just going to let you be because, you know, you need your own time. Why don't you go listen to your favorite music and let's have this conversation when you've come back down to earth, Mm. you know, and really also have that same or similar response to them with regards to accepting the feeling that they may be having, whether it's silly or not, because to them it's real and to them that's what it is. And I think we don't realize how far empathy can take us. So to to not necessarily just judge, but to be able to say, 
like I, I can really see that this is hard for you. I can understand that you're heartbroken or I can understand that this is something that's feeling devastating. Um, because what's what's important in their world and what's important in the parents' world totally is, is totally mm. different. And I think by giving that acceptance of the feeling, acknowledging um, and having that empathy towards them also gives them this message like, mom and dad maybe do understand me. And I think as teens, they never feel understood. They yeah. always feel like, you know, and, and, and then you get parents and it's, I think, parents' favorite line, which is, I was a teen once. But as a teenager, they don't feel understood in mm. those moments and they don't, and they feel like their whole world is collapsing around them. So by okaying their feeling, giving them that empathy, even if they responded in an inappropriate way, because that, that technique and that skill building will come. Mm. But by stating or okaying the feeling, that message you're giving them is, I'm not running away from your feelings. I can handle you feeling this yeah. way. And it's more likely that that teenager is then going to have a better response to those big feelings. Um, because if they feel like their feeling is being accepted, already a lot of the job or the work has been done mm. just by okaying that feeling. Mm. Being understood is in itself a regulation technique. Yeah. I, I also saw a quote the other day where they said, being um, or feeling seen and feeling loved is basically the same thing for a lot of people. Like I, they said it in a very nice way. I can't quote it now, but it, it really stuck mm. with me is if we are, if we're feeling seen and heard and like what we are experiencing actually matters, then that changes the whole experience the as whole opposed experience. to like, I don't have time for this right now. Your meltdown is not like, it doesn't fit into my diary there and we you need to move on. And I can imagine that it's hard because if your child also has these experiences like multiple times during the mm. day, maybe the first time around you, you're a bit more available yes. and, and okay. But by the 10th time tonight, you at your wit's yeah, end, yeah, you, you just, can't have it anymore mm, mm. and that's why I think the the more we are able to provide a, a, an environment where feelings are accepted no matter how big or small they are um, the quicker they're going to learn how to respond to those feelings so yes I mean you might have a teenager who one second is in the best mood and the next second's in the worst mood and gets triggered so easily and you kind of feel like you're walking on eggshells because you're not sure what's going to set them off um but the more you have an appropriate response to them, the quicker they're going to learn how to um, fall back on on that experience and say, okay, well, when I felt really um, frustrated yesterday, this is what helped me. So they, they're able to then cope better in the next time it, it arises. Um, and then it also teaches them how to set boundaries for themselves because by asking for what you need, whether it's alone time, a hug, um, therapy, anything that you may need to support you in, in those experiences, you are now learning that that's okay. Mm. Um, and you're setting your boundary like, I can ask for these things. Um, and you're meeting your needs. You're learning how to meet your needs one yeah. step at a time. Because yeah. a lot of people, I think, don't know how to ask for what they need in those moments or don't know yet what they need in mm. those moments. Mm. And that's when they avoid. I don't mm. know what to do for myself, so let me just push the feeling away. Mm. Um, 
so yeah, even if the teenager is having these constant similar experiences, the more you choose to deal with it in an appropriate way, the quicker they're going to learn to know mm. what they need in those moments. Mm. Kerry, is there anything else that you want to add? Um, because I feel like we've we've had so much, like there's been so many valuable things that you've you've mentioned. I'm definitely going to listen to this quite a few times because I think for me personally, mm. I'm just also realizing we always think about emotional regulation for kids. We, sure. we don't necessarily recognize as adults that we also need it. And yes, if you're an adult who self-harms or you're an adult who has anger issues, mm-hmm. um, then we kind of assume you struggle to self-regulate. But you can also be quite a functional human being and get around, but just sit with all of these intense emotions and, and not know what to do with them, where to sure. go with them, um, internalize a lot of it. So, yeah, I, I'm going to re-listen yeah. and, and really think about what this means even for me. 100%. And to keep in mind, and I think this is what I would like everyone to know, is self-regulation is a life journey. You might mm. have a day where you respond really well and you're kind of like impressed with yourself for having such a calm response or not getting as triggered as you know you previously have been. And then a day where all of that goes out of the window. Um, You're a human being. Things trigger us in different ways. To also be um, very patient with yourself Mm. and to keep in mind that it's okay to be able to regulate one day and then actually not be able to regulate another day because of a different situation. Um, And, yeah, there are other factors that may contribute to your difficulty in in regulating. We do have people who function, you know, with ADHD, depression, anxiety, um, and anger issues, things like that, where, yeah, regulation actually becomes way more difficult because there's other factors now tying Mm. into um, your difficulty in regulating yourself. So the more you can understand who you are as a person, what your triggers are, your needs in emotional distress, so your needs, how they differ from one emotion to another emotion, those things can really help you build an understanding of how to respond in all these Mm. different situations that Mm. may bring up, you know, big feelings, scary feelings, hard Mm. feelings. Um, But yeah, it really is a life journey and and to just be patient with yourself and give Mm. yourself the time to build um, on these skills and to practice them and then eventually, hopefully, they will become like second nature. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not practicing practice for perfection. It's practice so that it becomes your your automatic exactly your thing. new norm, your yes. new way of responding. Yes. Yeah. Any resources that you can share that people can maybe use? Yes, definitely. So I've got three um, resources that we can talk about. So the first one is specifically for parents with children. Mm. um, And it's an Instagram page called Big Little Feelings. Mm. And they give wonderful recommendations and suggestions on ways you can help regulate your child, um, things you can practice with them, Mm. things you can create, like easy things that don't cost a lot of money that you can create and put in the home. So it's a really, really wonderful resource resources for parents um, and then we've got an app called Panda mm-hmm. um, it's a um, an app that really deals with um, mental health and um, what's wonderful about Panda is it has it offers talks every hour on the hour very different um, topics ranging um, for teenagers parents adults 
Um, so if you just go into the Panda app and you actually search for something specific like emotional regulation or how to cope with anger, um, you can get specific talks based on that uh, topic. Um, so okay. that's a really nice, easily yeah. accessible um, resource. And, and Panda's for free. Hey? Panda's for free. You just download it onto your phone. You sign up. You give them a bit of information. And it's also wonderful because you can have access to therapists as well. So it's a wide range of resources mm. on that app. Mm. And then we've actually got another app called Calm Harm. Um, and this can also be for, for parents and individuals adults, teenagers. Um, And what's lovely about Calm Harm is it's actually an app that can help you regulate in that moment. Mm. So you can choose to um, partake in a five-minute activity, a 15-minute activity that's actually going to help you regulate in that moment. So I think that's also wonderful Mm. um, if you kind of run out of ideas or you're breathing or you're drinking of water, for example, your calming down time isn't working enough. Mm. Um, You can have other things that Mm. you can fall back on to help you in that moment to regulate yeah that just also makes me think about I actually shared this morning with a psychologist this um, breath work thing and I think for adults who's looking for something that that might also be a a nice um, alternative to have a look at where there's this place called breath cafe and they do I think that they even do sessions for kids wow that's wonderful Um, so breath work is obviously aware of of very big way of regulating. regulating so I'll, I'll maybe just also share yes that that's wonderful yeah wonderful i think if if people can have things that they don't have to kind of rely on their own brain to figure out what to yes. do in that moment and have something that can suggest or recommend mm. i think mm. that's so helpful yeah. in a state of you know irregulation yes yes okay great thanks so much Kerry. Thank thanks you for, for having me for sharing your thoughts and and for being here i really appreciate of it of course thanks so much for having me it was a wonderful experience cool thanks. thanks if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to follow or subscribe on your desired platform i will be so grateful if you're willing to take the time to rate this podcast so that you can continue to learn more about various topics related to your mental health and well-being